Welcome back, everybody, to the Know-It-All Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Jerry, the Fantasy Football Know-It-All, and here we are, week one of the NFL season 2020. It is exciting. Hope you're all pumped up like I am. I can't believe we are finally here. It seems like seems like it was a really, really long road to get here, but the action has been nothing short of uh, great to watch. We have a lot to talk about. I hope you're all doing fantastic and getting immersed in uh, the NFL season so far. Today we're going to discuss some of the injuries that have already happened in week one, as well as several players that have boomed this week and have had better weeks than we had expected, as well as some that have underperformed as well. And we'll discuss what this might mean for the respective um players and your rosters moving forward. But before we get into that, I want to tell you guys about another podcast that I personally listen to. It's called The Morning Smoke CLT. Join my man G as he covers a variety of topics that are not only near and dear to his own heart, but that all of us can relate to in one way or another. You've heard me talk about this week in and week out. If you're like me, and you enjoy relaxing with a beverage and uh, a fine cigar, a cigarette, or even a pipe, then the Morning Smoke CLT is for you. Trust me, friends, you will not want to miss it. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere that fine podcasts can be found. Once again, the name of the podcast is The Morning Smoke CLT. You can follow G on Instagram at The Morning Smoke Charlotte. So make sure you give it a listen, guys. You will not regret it. Now, before we hit the ground running with the injuries, there is an announcement that I am very excited to share with all of you. For those of you who have been listening to me for several months, you know that I also write and cover the Steelers for Skull King Sports. Well, as of this week, I am officially part of the Skull King Podcasting Network. Now, that doesn't change what we do here. I still run the show and and do everything like I normally would, so the content isn't going to change in the least. The, The biggest thing here is they are very supportive. I, my platform will be available on the Skull King website. And for those of you who don't already visit Skull King for all of your sports articles and information, do so. It is as informative as anywhere you can find, and they're just a great group of guys. So um, that is Skull King Sports, and then you can slash, and then your favorite team. Hint, hint, Steelers. That's where you'll find my stuff. But uh, yes, www.skullkingsports, Skull King Fantasy as well. There are a lot of great fantasy tools there for you. Now you know that I cover basically redraft and PPR formats, although I have you know, dabbled in, in the others. You can find a slew of content there if you're in a dynasty league, auctions, you name it. It is very comprehensive, and there is a lot to go over there. They do a fantastic job. So I want to I want to thank Ryan, the CEO, for featuring the podcast as part of their network. And I I'm just honored and humbled uh, to be a part of the team there. So that's Skull King Sports, everybody. Make sure you check it out. And another thing I want to share with you guys, and a lot of you know on our personal contact because I've mentioned this, I am now filling out a a form as an expert, and I use that in quotes, on Fantasy Pros. Now, I won't be one of their featured 
experts. That takes some time to get into that door. However, I will be doing weekly rankings and being graded on them. So I'm pretty excited about that. Now, it's a little it's a little overwhelming too because before I would do my rankings and and I would be the only one to critique them really and then of course you guys. Now, this is going to be bring it to a whole other level, but I will be competing with those who have been in the industry for quite some time and I am super excited about that. I have no there's no delusions of grandeur here. I'm probably going to be on the lower end of that. These guys have been doing things for a very, very long time. But I'm interested to see in my first uh, set of weekly rankings, my grade should come out on Wednesday. So on the next podcast, I will share my results with you guys. And I'm curious to see how I did. And of course, we'll just get better and better. But there are some things to talk about this week in regards to that. So why don't we go ahead and hop right into the injuries. So we'll pick up with Marlon Mack, and that seems to be the biggest one, at least for fantasy this week. Now, he was clearly the lead back for Frank Reich and company in the game against the Jaguars, and um, it's unfortunate, actually. The thought is, or the fear is, that he has a uh, an Achilles injury and he is out for the season. Now this is not confirmed as of the time I recorded this, but that is the prevailing thought. So moving forward with that assumption, we have Jonathan Taylor, who you guys know I liked anyway. And once an injury, like I think I mentioned this in in one of the uh, earlier podcasts, if there was an injury to Marlon Mack, that I would take Taylor in the first or second round. Now that I see how they're using Naeem Hines, I'm not so sure I would do that, maybe second or third round, but either way, Taylor is now primed and ready to become this first and second down back with the goal line opportunities in Indianapolis. And Hines was already on his way to a pretty good game before uh, that happened, and then he ended up being the, the lead back, and I use quotes with that. He got so He got a goal line carry. And he got a rushing touchdown, which was odd. We'll talk more about Hines later on when we talk about the boom players this week. But it it, it definitely, um, those of you who have Taylor, if you didn't start him this week, you should have him primed and ready to go next week. And again, we'll talk about Hines later, but if he's sitting there on your waiver wire, he is going to be the, the passing down back in this offense. And you know how Rivers works that. Just think to Austin Eckler, the past several seasons in San Diego and then, of course, L.A. Another injury we need to discuss, that is Le'Veon Bell. Bell seemingly has a hamstring injury, and that uh, we're unsure right now of the severity of that. And that leaves Frank Gore and Josh Adams in this backfield. Yeah, um, fantasy relevance there? <laughs> there isn't any. So... The only thing I could say is if you're a Bell owner and you're relying on him as your second back or, or God forbid, your first back if you want zero RB, then you're going to be scrambling looking for somebody this week. Now, I do have some waiver wire um, additions that will come up later in, in the show that we'll talk about briefly. And then, of course, n- later in the week on my Thursday podcast, we will discuss beat the waiver wire candidates. But that is a story for another day. So it appears that Duke Johnson also sprained his ankle in Thursday's uh, game against Kansas City. Now, 
he didn't really have much in the way of fantasy value going in there as it appeared that David Johnson was ready to go as the three-down workhorse. Now that's even more so. Johnson had a really good bounce-back game in his first game against Kansas City, a much-improved defense, I might add. So if you're a David Johnson owner, then the green light is there for him to be your workhorse. And like I said, he is a bounce-back candidate of mine. It was really good to see him out there doing his thing. I think he still will um, for Houston. But in, in terms of Duke Johnson, you shouldn't have really had him on your roster anyway. If you did, you can just cut, you can cut loose right now and not really think much about it. Devontae Parker pulled his hamstring in uh, Sunday's loss to the Patriots. Now, he was already dealing with that injury heading into this week. In fact, he was questionable up until basically game time. This will enable Preston Williams as the only real healthy pass catcher in this offense. So that if you have him on your bench um, or even as a flex option, he should gain value from this. And Mike Gusecki should also... Um, take some touches as a result. So if you have either of those two players, then you you might see some uptick in their productivity. They're not going to win you a championship, either of them, but they shouldn't destroy you either. Justin Jackson for the Chargers. Now you heard me talk about how I didn't feel that Austin Eckler was going to be this three-down workhorse. Well, if you didn't believe it before Justin Jackson got hurt, you need to believe it now. Because not only did Joshua Kelly come in and really show what he's made of. But what it also cemented was the fact that Anthony Lynn and company do not view Austin Eckler as this workhorse back. So again, somebody that I didn't think you should take in the first or early second round. We'll see how the rest of the season unfolds, but Joshua Kelly looks like he's here to stay and it's going to be more of a split than people are comfortable with. If you if he's still on your in your on your waiver wire, he's somebody you can target. Again, we'll talk more about that later on. As if the tight end landscape wasn't bad enough, Blake Jarwin, he was a fringe starter anyway. He looks appears to be out another uh, for the rest of the season now as he went down with a knee injury in the first half and word out of Dallas is he tore his ACL. So that is something that uh, is unfortunate actually because we were looking for at least some production to come from uh, Blake Jarwin. That really only makes me more optimistic in my uh, Michael Gallup breakout prediction because I think he'll be... Now, granted, C.D. Lamb could get some of that as well, and, of course, Amari Cooper, but I really do think Gallup is the guy in this offense. It bears noting that George Kittle left the contest versus the Arizona Cardinals with a knee injury, but he did come back, and he did say after the game that the knee is fine, And while all indications are he's not hurt and he won't miss any time, he did not have much in the way of production when he came back. In fact, I don't believe he caught a pass uh, after returning. And that was in a close game where the 49ers really did need to go down the field and score, and they ended up losing the game. It's very telling when your best player isn't getting any action after coming back from an injury. So either they were being extra careful or there's another underlying condition. If you're if you're looking to uh, pivot, there are some options that I'll go over in the waiver wire portion on the tight end landscape that you might be able to stash if you're a Kittle owner and you're you're worried about it. If all else fails, take Jordan Reed. He's the clear backup there, and he he did catch a pass early in that game, so he looks like he at least can still 
play the game. We'll talk about the injuries for week two and and the people who are the players who missed time this week on Thursday's show as I preview each contest and we'll go over starts and sits and that type of stuff. So right now, I want to go ahead and move over to the studs of the week. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Bove Design. For those of you out there who run a business, you're most likely using an outdated website if you even have one set up at all. That's where Bove Design comes into play. Rob and company have the tools and expertise to set your business up for success. Don't just take my word for it. Follow them on Instagram at bove.design, that's B-O-V-E dot design, and you can see their custom work firsthand. You can also check out my sharp new logo as well when you've uploaded or downloaded this podcast as it was made courtesy of Bove Design. So make sure you hit Rob, the owner, up on IG, throw him a follow, check out his work. If you're looking for graphic design work, web design, or even a custom logo like the one I have, that's Bove Design, everybody. B-O-V-E dot D-E-S-I-G-N. Follow Rob on Instagram and check out his amazing service. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about some studs in this week's action. And we'll start with the quarterbacks and none other than Aaron Rodgers. There was a lot of talk over the offseason on whether or not Aaron Rodgers was washed up. He did have a subpar season last year. I know I had him on my roster. He still was serviceable and, and above average, but he certainly wasn't the number one or two guy that you were taking a few years ago. And I don't know that he'll be that for the whole season. But this was a matchup where definitely looked as though he was going to need to air it out, as Minnesota does have a good running defense. But um, he did he ever air it out to the tune of 364 yards and four touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers had almost 40 fantasy points in uh, six uh, point per passing touchdown leagues. So he was the number one fantasy quarterback in just about every format. And um, that includes some really good company that we're going to get into as we go through this list. But um, Aaron Rodgers is definitely a guy that you can feel comfortable starting. Um, any, any questions of whether or not he was washed up should be thrown out at this point. Again, it's he's a matchup-dependent quarterback, and I don't necessarily think he's an every-week starter. There will be some matchups where he doesn't show up, but for the most part, you got him very late in drafts, and he might even be a bench quarterback for you, so the value is 1,000% in your favor. Number two is a guy who I have said over and over again, and I'll say it, I'll say it for another time, Russell Wilson. If given the opportunity to air out the ball and throw it like Pat Mahomes does in Kansas City, I believe in my heart of hearts that Wilson would put up better numbers than Mahomes. Yes, Mahomes is a a generational talent. There's no question about that. But don't forget that Russell Wilson also won a Super Bowl and looked pretty darn good doing it. So... I don't want to beat this point home too much, but Wilson aired out the ball, got up to a big lead against Atlanta, 322 passing yards and four touchdowns. If this is something that we're to believe is going to continue, then you're, if you took Russell Wilson, you are in excellent shape. Lamar Jackson is the number three stud at the quarterback position. This should become as no surprise to anybody. 
Yes, I know. I talked about him being a um, not so much a bust, but a bust at the position. And again, if you took him in the first or second round, he didn't give you that kind of, of he didn't give you those points this week. He got points along the same lines as somebody like Matt Ryan, who we'll talk about in a few minutes, who was going in round 14. So just something to consider. 275 yards, three touchdowns. He was extremely accurate here, which is something I want you guys to... I am going to have to digest this because I have always said that he is a highly inaccurate passer. I am going to look at the film and digest this because I really need to look at whether or not he's dinking and dunking or whether or not he really did improve his accuracy because he looked pretty darn good throwing the football from a stats perspective. Add 45 rushing yards, which is a little low for him. But again, if you're throwing the ball with that type of efficiency and you're getting three touchdowns out of him, locked and loaded, quarterback one. A guy that I talk about a lot because I like him and I really do believe that the Bills are going to utilize Josh Allen the way that I feel he should be utilized, and that is by letting him air it out. He had over 45, I think it was 46 pass attempts this week to the tune of 312 passing yards. Yes, he only had two touchdowns, but he did miscue a couple that he he could have had three or maybe even four. Throw in 57 yards rushing and a touchdown. Uh, Allen is locked and loaded as a fantasy asset for you in every format especially in four points per passing touchdown leagues where he's going to get you possibly one or two touchdowns every week. I love Josh Allen. He was my favorite in that whole class. Now, I know that includes Lamar Jackson, but I still like over over the course of their careers, I think you're going to find that Josh Allen was the better investment from a football perspective and possibly even a fantasy perspective. One of my hot takes this year was that Kyler Murray was going to finish as the number three overall quarterback. And he really came close. Uh, an overturned touchdown at the end of that, uh, the end of the fourth quarter, uh, which they ended up scoring on anyway, was the difference between Murray finishing second only to Aaron Rodgers in points this week to finishing somewhere in in the top five. But either way, Murray had almost 100 yards rushing and a touchdown, 230 yards passing, one touchdown and almost a second one. So. That's against a San Francisco defense, which is one of the best in the NFL. I really do think that Murray is very close to turning up the Jets and taking off and having a special season. It's one game, and I'm not trying to overreact. I'm really not. So while I think you should be happy if you did invest in him, I invested in him in uh, in the League of Goons, and I was lucky enough to pull out a victory this week. And we'll talk about the guy who catapulted me Murray was a big part of it, but there was another player that catapulted me, uh, much to the chagrin of Chris Henderson, to uh, to a victory this week. But we'll talk more about that. I haven't officially won. He has two players going tonight, but I'm up by 60. I'm hoping it stays that way. Um, anyway, we'll talk about Matt Ryan uh, to finish out the quarterbacks. 450 yards passing. He lit the Seattle Seahawks on fire. They did get Jamal Adams in a trade with the Jets, and uh, yeah, that didn't really help him that much. Um, Matt Ryan, again, we joke about this, but it it, it really proves true that he's on again, off again, and he looks to be on again, which is what we predicted, and I liked Matt Ryan going into this year for that reason. He looks to be firing on all cylinders. 
So if you did wait on quarterback and Matt Ryan was the guy that you selected in the double-digit rounds, kudos to you. You will be rocking and rolling. He only had two touchdown passes, but that doesn't mean that he wouldn't. Uh, that he's not going to improve on that. So Ryan opened up the season on fire. Moving over to running back and... Another guy that I was high on, I didn't expect this type of of breakout this fast, and that's Josh Jacobs. Um, You've heard me talk about the fact that I thought he was a three-down back all along there in Las Vegas, and I'm not going to change my mind on that, certainly after what I saw. He had 25 rushes, 93 yards, and three touchdowns. He was also involved in the passing game, and the only other guy in that lineup that was getting any carries was Devontae Booker who had four for a whopping 46 yards. So Josh Jacobs is absolutely locked and loaded and should, if, if he, if things continue to go the way they do in Las Vegas, as far as his usage, he has a sincere top five ability here. So we might be talking about Josh Jacobs in the Ezekiel Elliott mold next year, as far as how much he's, how much production he's going to get and how much usage. And we'll talk about Zeke in a minute as well. Christian McCaffrey. Well, there's not going to be a week, I don't think, where I don't talk about him on the studs list. At least I don't think there will be. It bears noting that he was not as involved in the passing game as we would have thought or expected. But then again, Bridgewater's there, so things could change. McCaffrey, 23 for 96 and two touchdowns uh, on the ground. Three catches for almost 40 yards, no touchdowns there. But solid performance. You got almost 30 points out of him. You, you're going to take that every week. He is absolutely locked and loaded as your number one guy. In a very similar stat line, Ezekiel Elliott had 22 rushes for 96 yards and one touchdown. He also caught three passes for 31 yards, but he got a touchdown on uh, in the air and on the ground. So that was the difference and in between the two, and that's why it was so close. McCaffrey and Elliott were within a point of each other in PPR format. Now, Elliot is probably the safest of all of these backs. You know what he's going to get. He is the primary back there. There's nobody even remotely close to, to challenging him. So, locked and loaded Ezekiel Elliott as a running back one. The next guy I want to talk about, I'm as surprised as anybody. And I'm also kind of excited. He's on my bench. I took him in, I think, the last round of the draft. I was looking for somebody to just put on my on my roster, and Corey Davis was taken, and you guys all know that I, I liked Corey Davis as like my last guy. And I was looking around, and I said, well, let me take a back that's going to have some involvement in the passing game for their respective team, because at least in a PPR format, I can get something out of it. Nobody saw this happening. Naeem Hines, seven rushes, 28 yards, and a touchdown. That's not going to light the world on fire. But he wasn't running the football before Marlon Mack got hurt. And even after so, after that, um, Jonathan Taylor came in and rushed the ball for nine, uh, nine times. So it was all in the passing game, which Hines was already being... He was already involved when Mack got hurt. Um, and he just got more involved afterwards. Eight catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown. He finished with 27.3 points in the PPR leagues. That is huge. And if he's sitting on your bench, you might want to see about plugging him in at least as a flex and see what how they plan to use him. Just remember that Philip Rivers did a lot of this with Austin Eckler in um, in L.A., so it's it's probably going to happen with Hines as well. 
Another guy that I did talk about in terms of how he would be used and is Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown has been on the Rams for quite some time. And whenever Gurley wasn't there and he was healthy, he was the man. Yes, I know. Daryl Henderson. Yes, I know. Cam Akers. I hear all about it. Cam Akers had 14 rushes for 39 yards. That's not that good. It really isn't. And yes, he's more talented on paper and maybe on film in college. Malcolm Brown knows this offense and has always been efficient and has always found the end zone. I expect Brown to be the guy and not Akers. It will be split, and Akers will get his shot. Brown isn't somebody I'm saying you need to play week in and week out, and he's certainly not a running back one. But he's a guy that could be on waivers in your league, could be somebody you could pick up, and if he's on your bench, he's worth playing as at least a flex while Henderson is out. And we're going to finish up the running backs with Raheem Mostert. Now, he's a polarizing back in a lot of ways because he's in a crowded backfield with a coach who likes to play crowded running backs. And and that the the crowded field involves a fullback who gets thrown the football. So it's a really strange situation there. But Mostert, 15 rushes, which by far was the most, 56 rushing yards, but he did his damage in the air. Four catches, 95 yards and a touchdown. One of those came on a very long 70-plus yard catch and run for a touchdown early in the game. So, yeah, his numbers could be inflated a little with that, but he was a top performer. I still expect him to be a fringe running back, too, moving forward, and he should receive most of the work out of that 49er backfield. Uh, McKinnon was involved a little bit in the passing game. He also got a touchdown, and Tevin Coleman was almost an afterthought. I don't know how much of that's going to continue. We could very well see Coleman have more touches next week. I don't think so. Mostert's the better player. I think moving forward, they're going to use him more, but it bears watching to see how everything plays out. Wide receivers. Well, the clear-cut winner this week is Devontae Adams, and it's, it, what's more clear is that he is not only the number one guy in Green Bay, but the only guy in Green Bay. 14 catches, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. He had a whopping 41.5 fantasy points in PPR. Nobody else on that team, let's put it into perspective, nobody else on that team had more than four receptions. He had 10 more than every single other player on that team. Aaron Rodgers, like I said before, has a chip on his shoulder and is looking to prove something, especially if the Packers let him walk or trade him, which there's a lot of speculation about that. He's going to have a good year, and Adams is going to be a huge part of that. Just look at just look at the track record that Aaron Rodgers has with his number one wide receivers, and Devontae Adams is possibly the most talented of the group. So again, he's primed and ready to go as your number one guy. Calvin Ridley, I mentioned this earlier in regards to uh, the player that catapulted me to victory uh, this week. And Chris Henderson and I had talked about this over and over and over again in the offseason, how much we both liked Ridley as a breakout. He's one of my breakout candidates, as a matter of fact. And granted, this is an outlier. This was a huge game for Matt Ryan. But I expect similar numbers throughout the season. He's not going to always go 9 for 130, but... Six for 100 and a touchdown should be within the realm of possibility every single week. And 
It bears noting that Julio Jones also had nine receptions, but he did not get a touchdown. That's typical Julio for you. And if you know anything about the Falcons and have watched them, it's usually the other guys that get the touchdowns. So if he's going to get targets, receptions, and some yardage, meaning close to 100, and a chance at a touchdown or two every week, his cost was low enough that he's going to be well worth it. Calvin Ridley is definitely a guy that will excel on your team. Adam Thielen. Welcome back, Adam Thielen. Thielen had six catches, 110 yards, and two touchdowns. He also finished in the 30s with 31 fantasy points. There's really nobody else in that offense catching the ball. Yes, they have their backs that they... they, um, throw the ball to. Interesting what they did there. Uh, Madison, and they, there was more of a split there than we thought. That's something that bears watching. We're not going to discuss that today, but Dalvin Cook owners, if you don't have Alexander Madison, um, then shame on you. DeAndre Hopkins. Well, if there was any question as to whether or not he was going to pick up where he left off by going from Houston to Arizona, well, there's no doubt anymore. He did what he does. 14 catches, 151 yards, and he almost caught a touchdown. I talked about the Kyler Murray almost TD at the end of the game there. DeAndre Hopkins was the beneficiary of that, but uh, so his stat line could have been even better. He finished with 29 fantasy points. You'll take that every week. You know he's going to get peppered with targets. There's no doubt about that now. Nuke is ready to go. And a guy I need to talk about, because he's a guy that I was not only down on, but I poo-pooed and I said I I had no interest. And this is going to annoy Carolina fans, maybe, and I I apologize, but I'm still not interested. Yes, I understand. Robbie Anderson had six catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. He did this in New York, guys. He did this in New York. And then the next week he came back and had three points. So, yeah, okay, he had a good week. I'll give props where props are due. He's not somebody that I'd be rushing out to grab. He's not going to be on the waiver wire anyway, but he's certainly not anybody that I would hang on to. If I had him and he did this, I'd be looking to trade him this week. That is something I would tell you to do. Trade Robbie Anderson for a running back, possibly one. Like This is going to sound crazy, but if you're in the right league with the right people, this can get done. Joe Mixon, straight up for Robbie Anderson. Believe it or not, there are people that would do that especially after the way the Bengals looked. Just saying, something to consider. Tight ends. There are a couple that I want to talk about here. Really three, because one goes hand-in-hand with the other, and I'll start there. Dallas Goddard. I've been saying that Goddard is more talented than Zach Ertz, and I I really do believe that. Oh, of course, he's younger, too, and Ertz has a history of being injured. Um, Goddard, eight catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Zach Ertz, three catches for 18 yards. Now, he did save his fantasy owners with a touchdown, but the fact that he was only he, he was less targeted and certainly caught less than half of what Goddard did could be a telltale sign that the, the tide is turning there. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Both are rostered, so it's not like you can go out and get Goddard. Goddard is somebody people drafted anyway, but the Zach Ertz owner needs to watch this very closely. You may be uh, on the waiver wire looking for tight ends. So listen to my waiver wire um, selections coming up in a few minutes as there are some tight ends on there that might interest you. Mark Andrews, I do want to talk about this. Five catches for 58 yards, that's good for a tight end, even if he didn't score. 
but he scored twice. Lamar Jackson loves to find him in the end zone. So Andrews is a guy that he you he you're going to have him anyway because you drafted him high. So right now it's worked out for you and it should continue to work out. I like Mark Andrews a lot. I think I mentioned how I thought Andrews was going to outperform Ertz. I definitely believe that now. Um but certainly uh, I went into this week believing it uh, already. Before we talk about duds I want to go ahead and talk about another podcast that I listen to on a regular basis. You heard me mention the Morning Smoke CLT, but I now want to talk about Porch Time with Ms. McKinney. This is one of those conversational type podcasts where there's a lot of imagination and you're basically you're at one with nature. You're sitting out in the yard. And you pour yourself an iced tea or a lemonade, and you're just watching things unfold and analyzing nature. And as you do that, you take what's going on in your own life and kind of put it into perspective. It's almost like a a form of meditation. And she does it in such a way that it's like having a, a long, great conversation with a friend or a neighbor just over a glass of, like I said, lemonade, maybe a burger or some some macaroni or, or or potato salad that's the feel you get she talks about a lot of different things and really she lets you into her life so make sure that you join Ms. McKinney for Porch Time with Ms. McKinney and you can find that on all platforms where you can find podcasts whether it's Spotify Stitcher Google Play Apple Podcasts you name it you can also follow her on Instagram at Porch Time with Ms. McKinney. So make sure you check it out. All right, so now it's time to discuss some duds. And we'll start with a guy that I was really high on this year, and that is Joe Mixon. Mixon, 19 rushes for 69 yards. Um, it looked like he might get a touchdown in that game, but Burrow sniped that away from him. So he, he was not really involved in the passing game either. So Joe Mixon finishing with six fantasy points. I expect him to turn it around. He had a few games early in the season last year that were like that. I really do think that this was an outlier. The Charger defense is a very good defense, especially up front. So that has a lot to do with it as well. So you can look for those numbers to tick up. Um, Don't bench him for sure, but definitely keep your eye on it. If you're a Mixon owner, if this turns into a trend, you might want to mess with your roster a little bit. Le'Veon Bell. Now, I put him as a dud because before he got hurt, he was doing absolutely nothing. Six rushes for 14 yards, that is abysmal. That is terrible. So, I don't think it would have gotten any better if he stayed in there. The Jet offensive line has a little bit to do with that. Adam Gase, whether you can prove it or not, has something to do with it, I'm convinced. But... Le'Veon Bell is a shell of his former self. He is not who he was in Pittsburgh anymore. We need to face facts. He's getting close to 30 now. So it's time to move on from him being anything other than a running fringe running back to possibly a flex. Now his injury, we'll have to see how that all plays out. But he certainly is a dud after this week. Staying in that division, Nick Chubb. You guys heard me talk about And it was a hot take, but now I don't know if it's such a hot take anymore. I told you that Kareem Hunt is going to have more touches, more yards, and be more relevant in this offense than Nick Chubb. And while Hunt didn't exactly light the world on fire, none of the Browns did. He had 
17 touches to Chubb's 11. That's out touching him by close to 30%, or more than 30%, I believe. So that bears monitoring. We don't know the reason for that, maybe because they were down in the game, but uh, I don't know that Hunt was that much more involved in the passing game. So again, he had more touches overall, and he had more rushing attempts, Hunt did. Chubb needs to turn it up a notch as he was drafted in the first or second round in most leagues. Mark Ingram. My goodness. All right, 10 rushes for 29 yards, and that's it. Um, On a day where Lamar Jackson didn't even score, J.K. Dobbins sniped both of those touchdowns at the goal line. Well, if it's a lesson learned if you're an Ingram fan. You can't rely on him this year. Too many people trying to run the ball at the goal line. Yeah, there's going to be weeks where he pops maybe and gets you 20, 25 points, but there are going to be other weeks where he gets you 2.9 like he did this week. It's something that you can't rely on and you're not going to be able to rely on. So, um, yeah, Mark Ingram is definitely a dud this week. Odell Beckham Jr., three catches for 22 yards and five fantasy points in a PPR league. Completely irrelevant in a standard league or even half-point PPR. I don't know if it's a testament that the Browns are just that bad or if Beckham just doesn't have it in the tank anymore. It's hard to say. He was a bounce-back candidate of mine, so I'm very disappointed. I'll keep my eyes on it and see. Uh, I'll take a look at some film and try to let you guys know what I see in him. But, yeah, uh, definitely a dud. We'll stay on the wide receiver wagon. I saved the best for last, by the way. Um, Keenan Allen is the next one. Four catches for 37 yards. This, I think, is more of a testament to new quarterback and new scheme. Tyrod Taylor, while he in Buffalo, he threw the ball in short-yarded situations. He has more weapons now, and he can do more. I believe that that is what's going to happen here. Keenan Allen was the favorite target of Phillip Rivers. That is not the case here with uh, uh, Tyrod Taylor. So I think you're going to see Keenan Allen kind of fall off the map as as a, a wide receiver two and be more of a wide receiver three flex moving forward. That is my honest opinion here. And the last guy I want to talk about is Michael Thomas. Holy crap. In a game where the Saints scored 34 points, Michael Thomas had three catches for 17 yards. Yeah, wrap your head around that for those of you who took him in the first round. I'm sure you want to smash your head against a concrete pavement. Um, I, I don't know if this is just going to be a testament of what the Saints are. It, it appeared to me in checking that game out a little bit that I did, that Breeze is not throwing downfield like he used to. And he is older. We have to keep that in mind. And with Kamara in the fold and Latavius Murray, who who didn't look all that bad, it, it, it might just be a case where Michael Thomas is not going to be what he was last year. And it's hard to go back to that. It, it, it just his stats last year were ridiculous. But this is alarming, to say the least, if you invested a high draft pick in Michael Thomas, which, of course, if you have him, you did. So it bears watching to see what goes on here. You're not benching him, clearly, but it's disturbing if it continues. Well, we're going to wrap things up here talking about some guys that I think you can get off the waiver wire. Now, this is not my beat the waiver wire segment because these are guys that are on the waiver wire now, and some of them people will pass right by. So we may talk about these guys again on Thursday's show, but I do want to talk about them now. And one is a guy that I, I 
mentioned him on Twitter. I did not put him in, in, in the show on Friday, and that's Corey Clement in Philadelphia. No, he didn't have a great game. No, not at all. But Boston Scott got hurt in that game, and while he did come back in, Scott was also injured in the preseason. I do not expect Miles Sanders back. I know everybody's optimistic, this, that, and the other. He could have played if it was the December game. I don't want to hear all that. I'm, I'm tired of the rhetoric coming out of Philadelphia. I'll believe it when I see it. Having said all that, Clement is healthy. He knows the system. He has done well in Philadelphia. He might be the guy going forward. I'm not saying you waste a, a waiver priority on him, but if you're desperate at running back, there's worse you can do than grabbing Corey Clement. Naeem Hines, if he is available, take him off of waivers. It's definitely worth it because he's going to have standalone value as a pass-catching back in that system, regardless of what Taylor does. Sure, Hines is not going to be a three-down back. He never would be. But he certainly is more than capable of getting you the production out of the passing game that uh, that backs like Chris Thompson used to do and Theo Riddick used to do and guys like that. Now, I do want to talk about a wide receiver that could be available. Um, and I did talk about how nobody else was catching passes in Green Bay, and that's true. But Marquez Valdez-Scantling, or MVS, however you want to refer to him, he was the number two guy. And while he only caught four passes, he had 96 yards and a touchdown. So he definitely could be a guy like James Jones used to be up there a while back that every, you can put in your flex and could have some production for you. Another guy is Chris Herndon. I know people are hesitant to take Jets, but he got work, and he's the only tight end there. And Jamison Crowder is really the only fantasy-relevant other uh, um, wide receiver, other pass catcher there. So I do believe Herndon has the ability to get you some production. Again, these guys aren't going to win you championships, but they are guys in a diminished tight end landscape that could help you if you have some of these guys that are getting hurt. If you invested in Blake Jarwin, for example, and he was your only tight end, if you went tight end, zero tight end, then these are some guys you can go with. There is one other guy that I want to mention, and I'm not saying you should pick him up, but he's worth looking at as a speculative player, and that is because Bell got hurt. Josh Adams. Josh Adams is worth keeping an eye on. Not because I think he's going to do all that much, but again, if Bell is out for a long period of time, Gore isn't going to do much for you. Adams could be the main uh, beneficiary in that um, rushing attack, could get the goal line uh, touches. So just keep that in mind and keep an eye out for it. Well, that's going to do it for today. We will be back on Thursday, and we'll preview Thursday's games as well as the entire uh, docket over the weekend. And I do want to mention how... This was recorded on Monday before Monday night's action. So on Thursday's podcast, we will talk about specifically the performers, the studs and duds of of um, the Monday night action. So make sure you listen for that. We'll do starts of the week. We'll do sits of the week. And we'll do the Beat the Waiver Wire segment, of course. I want to thank you all once again for joining me as we do our best to provide you with the most comprehensive, no-nonsense, no-fluff information that you need to dominate your fantasy 
leagues. I will give you my grade from Fantasy Pros as soon as I get it, so I, I'm very excited for that. Once again, do not forget we are a proud part of the Skull King Podcasting Network, and uh, check them out at SkullKingSports.com slash your favorite team. I can be found at uh, www.SkullKingSports.com slash Steelers. Check out my articles, and make sure that you check out their fantasy content. I will be on there. You'll see my name there, and my rankings will be in the column. They were kind enough to allow me to, uh, even though I don't participate officially in their uh, fantasy content, they allowed me to uh, post my rankings, which I'm very excited about. So check that out. If you guys ever want to see how I'm ranking week to week, you can find me on Skull King Sports uh, slash fantasy, and then you can check it out there. I also am looking to um, once again relaunch the radio show. We had some hiccups. My partner in that is uh, is G from the uh, Morning Smoke CLT, and we're trying to get the, the station up and running. We had some hiccups technically, so we still are working on it, and I'm still going to do it. I just don't know when that's going to finally air. I'll let you guys know. You can hit me up on Twitter, of course, at FFKnowItAll. Email the show directly knowitallfantasyfootball at gmail.com and make sure you guys give me some feedback. Let me know what you think of the show. If you have any questions, shout them out to me. I'll be more than happy to to answer you guys and give you my feedback. And as always, thank you to Kevin, Chris, and Temi for the amazing music, both designed for the awesome new logo and my original color scheme and original concept Matt Bacon, you three guys are the best. So I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart as well as everybody who listens and allows me to become part of your lives for at least a couple of hours every week. So once again, have an amazing few days. Do everything that you can to dominate your fantasy teams. Keep an eye on those waiver wires and watch who people drop. People will drop random players and hope to pick them back up again. You can scoop them up and be vultures. Be very active. If that's something I haven't told you yet, I'm going to tell you now. Be very active on that waiver wire. I will come back at you on Thursday, so have an amazing early part of your week, and we will talk again soon. Have a good one, guys. Day. When you reach your blue